Welcome to Steadfast Hope. I'm Stephen Lawson, president of One Passion Ministries. And four times a week, I teach through a portion of scripture to encourage you in your Christian walk. Join me now for this brief devotion in God's Word. I'm Steve Lawson with Kent Stainback, and you've tuned in to Steadfast Hope. We're coming to you from Dallas, Texas, but not just anywhere in Dallas, a very special place in Dallas, Herb's House Coffee. This is where we are. And uh, we've got a great devotion planned for you, and it is found in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 17. If you have your Bible, be turning to Revelation 2 verse 17. The title of this is Eternal Blessings. I think we're all interested in eternal blessings, aren't we, Kent? Absolutely. Well, this verse, Jesus ends his letter to the church at Pergamum with this very positive um, encouragement. And he's had some hard-hitting things to say to this church at Pergamum, such as in the previous verse, I'm coming to make war with you if you don't repent. Well, Jesus doesn't just leave it at that threat of, of conflict and combat. He ends with his very positive um, affirmation. And he says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And so this tells us that when Jesus speaks, it is the Holy Spirit who takes what Jesus says and brings it home to our hearts. And so we, we need to have our spiritual ears open and always be listening to whatever Jesus is saying through his word. And so he's, this is what he says, to him who overcomes. Now, let's just stop right there. The one who overcomes is a true believer. First uh, John 5, verses 3 and 4 tells us that every true believer is an overcomer. Uh, has overcome the world by their faith, and the world referring to this evil world system. So he is addressing all the true believers in the church at Pergamum. To him who overcomes, to him I will give, and he says three things here, and all three of these relate to the our inheritance in heaven, our eternal blessings that await us in glory. And so here are the three. Here's the first of the three. To him, I will give some of the hidden manna. Now, you remember from the Old Testament, Israel in the wilderness and, and manna coming down from above in the book of Numbers, and it came daily. And it was really a, a prefiguring of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. In John chapter 6, Jesus said, I, I am the, the true bread that has come down out of heaven. And so this hidden manna finds its realization in Jesus Christ, who is the bread of life. So that when we step into heaven and step into glory, this, the, this manna, which is now hidden to us will be fully realized in heaven and we will taste of the Lord in the fullest way and we will be satisfied and we will be sustained throughout all eternity future because we will have this close and intimate fellowship with Jesus Christ who is this hidden manna. 
There could be no greater blessing to ever come to us, Kent, than one day when we step into heaven and to have close, intimate communion with the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And then he adds, and I will give him a white stone. And in the first century, a white stone was given to athletes who had run their race, competed in their event, and had persevered to the end. And there would be a banquet that would be held after the event. And you would be given, the athlete would be given a white stone, which would give them admission into this victor's uh, reception, if you will, like a, a celebration. And again, the idea is our entrance into heaven after we have run the race that was set before us, we will be given uh, a white stone that will symbolically uh, give us admission into the marriage supper of the Lamb and into um, fellowship with the Lord and just rejoicing with Him in the most uh, personal and close fashion. And then, one more thing he adds, and a new name written on the stone, which no one knows but he who receives it. And so what this says, also as we enter into heaven, we're going to be given a new name that no one else knows except the one who receives it. And the idea there is we will be stepping into such a higher experience of, of, of the Lord that will, it will even require a new name. And it speaks of our glorification. We'll receive a new body. We'll, we'll have a new mind, a new heart, a new soul, uh, one without any taint of sin in that regards. And as we step into heaven, it, it's, it's not just even a new body and a new spirit, we're going to receive a new name. And it just speaks to the completeness of the glorification that we will receive. We will be made perfectly and fully like the Lord Jesus Christ. And no one can even comprehend uh, the fullness of what this will be except for the one who experiences it. So this tells us the best is yet to come. Now, I, I took a little bit longer to try to walk through that. There's really a lot of meat on this bone, but uh, Kent, we need to talk about it. Well, obviously, we're talking about the hope to come. We're talking about yeah. we're talking about the future. We're talking about you know down the road after we pass out of this life, and it's it's in the Bible everywhere, isn't it? Yeah. It's the it's the it's it's not a an uncertain hope. It's an absolute sure hope, right? It's a steadfast assurance. Yeah, yeah, it's a steadfast um, assurance. It's like an anchor for the soul. And so a lot of us, even as I look at my own life, we get so busy to here and now, we don't think about that. Yeah. And we should keep that in front of us. It seems to my mind in Scripture, the most mature Christians kept that in the forefront of their mind. Why? Just talk about this. Why do we not... We see these glories to come, the hope to come. Why are we quick to not think about it? 
and to not keep it in the forefront of our minds. Yeah. Well, we're so easily distracted and our focus pulled in other directions as we're caught up in the hectic schedule of life. And we understand how that happens. But Kent, you know, the Christian life is pictured as running a, a race. And as, as we run this race of faith, we need to keep our eyes on the prize. Right. And Jesus is standing at the finish line. And it's easy to be caught up in looking at the other runners. It's easy to be caught up to look into the grandstands or even look behind us where, where we've been. But you and I both know that the only way you can run a race and, and win the crown at the end of the race is to not be looking to the side or up to the side or behind us, but to be looking straight ahead to Christ. Yeah. And so we need to be continually setting our gaze upon Christ who is seated um, in heavenly yeah. places yeah. above. Yeah. And uh, Hebrews 12 verse two says, looking unto Jesus, the author and perfecter right. Right. of faith. And as we do, we're strengthened yeah. and we're conformed right. into his image. Do you think that those who are under persecutions and heavy difficulties, it's easier for them to say, look what's coming than those Absolutely. that maybe our life is just, we're skipping through the daisies and we don't seem to have any persecutions or any issues? Absolutely, I do. Because they're not caught up in worldliness yeah. when they're being persecuted. The world is beating them to a pulp. Yeah. I mean, there's not much danger of worldliness there. Yeah. And you've been run out of your job and run out of town. Uh, it's, it's really those who are, who are preoccupied with worldly things, they lose sight of, of Christ's return. Yeah. And, and so I, I think you're right. What strikes me too is really, let's say 100 years ago, so many hymns were about heaven and leaving this world behind and going to um, heaven above. But as we have become more affluent yeah, wow. in the Western world sure. and, and more prosperous, yeah. there are fewer and fewer songs that we sing about heaven. And it's almost like we're more excited to go to Europe than we are to go to heaven. Wow. Um, and, and so we, we need to be continually refocusing upon the blessed hope of Christ's return, but also what awaits us in heaven. And this says Christ is awaiting us in heaven. Can you even imagine what that will be like to see him face to face as he is? I mean, our heart will just leap out of our chest. We can't even wrap our minds around that. And yet it's more certain than you and I are seated here. It is a part of our salvation. And he who has begun a good work in us will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. Philippians 1, 6. Well, what more can we say? Thank you for joining us for Steadfast Hope. I trust that today your gaze is upon Jesus Christ and his soon return. May the Lord bless you this day. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Steadfast Hope. If this was helpful to your Christian walk, please leave us a review wherever you listen to this show. And if you want to connect on social media, 
I can be found at Dr. Stephen J. Lawson or at One Passion Ministries. Thank you for listening, and I hope you will join me again for the next episode of Steadfast Hope.